Ireland. Those things. <laughs> We're on the Headstuff Podcast. Yep, we are. Uh, this is episode 31. 31, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. It's been quite the journey. It's far too much of uh, us talking to each other. <laughs> so much so I think it's not so enough. much so that we can't be in the same room anymore <laughs> so we're doing this one over the phone um, because Connor refused to come up and uh, have a chat with me so I'm not going all the way to Dublin just to talk to you oh come on we always have good conversations we always have to cut out an hour of it every week that's true so this is uh, episode 31 with Michael Kinirons who is an Irish filmmaker and uh, he just worked on the film Strangerland which he was a uh, Screenwriter. Um, Strangerland is the film with uh, Nicole Kidman and um, Agent Smith from The Matrix. <laughs> That's his real name. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, whose name I can't remember actually right now. Hugo Weaving. Oh, Hugo Weaving. Oh my God. Yep. And Joseph Fiennes. Yeah. Um, and it's set in Australia. And don't ever go to Australia is the message. Yeah. <laughs> That's Basically. the caption, is it? Uh, underneath I think the so. On the poster, yeah. Yeah. Strangerland. If you go for a walk, you'll get lost. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, but it's a good film. It's, uh, it's, uh, he's a screenwriter on it, so he didn't direct this, but he's also a director. And um, he's working on it. He's actually probably in... Where did he say he was going? Greenland? Uh, Greenland. He says it in the episode. Yeah. yeah. He was going a few days after we recorded it, which I was, was very jealous. last week. Yeah, so hopefully his, uh, his career is taking off in a way where he's like, you know... The next Lenny Abrahamson or something like that. Yeah. Um, so uh, nice yeah, it was great. Well to, you know, very nice guy. It was great nice talking to, see to him. Success happening to people like that in Ireland. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was dead sound, mm. and uh, it seemed like he deserved it. Like he works hard. Um, he doesn't want anything else, and this is what he works at. And uh, he seems to have his head screwed on in the right kind of way. So unlike us. Um, what are you talking about? Thirty-one <laughs> episodes. <laughs> We're very prolific. Yeah. So uh yeah uh it was it was fun. Uh, what what did you did you learn anything from uh, Mr. Kinhorns? Uh I did, but we recorded <laughs> we recorded the episode <laughs> last week, so I can't really remember that far back. I'll have to listen to it and I'm I'm sure Is did. that what happens when you learn something that uh, it pushes other gone. stuff out of my head and then when oh, I relearn right, yeah. the other stuff, I forget what I just learned. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how the human brain works. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Although that office like we recorded the we recorded the episode in an office of some movie place. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Film some filmmakers. And it uh, was uh it was a pretty sweet office. You need to upgrade your office up there. <laughs> it was slightly better than Head Stuff HQ. Uh but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Um we'll have a glass table and lovely leather armchairs. Yeah, it was very uh it was very entourage. Yeah, it was a nice place. Yeah. Uh, we definitely could have sat there all day, but uh, we got swiftly kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> because you That's know, you're we done, were, uh, get out. Yeah. <laughs> we were ruining the feng shui of yeah. the place. <laughs> we are pretty enough um, to be in here. Yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's go into the episode, will we? Okie doke. Let's go into the episode, shall we? Um, this is uh, episode 31 of the Headstuff Podcast with Michael Kinnard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's been a yeah, been a good good last twelve months, I suppose, particularly. Yeah. Right. Um, when did the uh, when did the kind of stranger and things start happening for, for you? Uh, it was, I suppose, two thousand, the end of two thousand twelve, right, uh, twenty thirteen. 
with Derek Heller, the producer, had uh, I'd worked with Mac. He's been a friend for a long time, um, and he approached me with the with the project, basically saying he had this Australian project that he wanted to bring a writer on with, um, and something I was kind of familiar with from before. The the uh, he had talked to me about it before, so. Basically, that's how it came out. He had got the rights for this Australian project, and right, okay. And how far along was the project when you? So, so this, I suppose the situation was Mac had met Kim Ferrant, the director in Berlin right. Film Festival that year, and she had been. She was her kind of idea. That she had developed with a, an Australian writer, and they had got a script together. But it it just it wasn't able to get the finance it needed in in Australia, and it sort of. It kind of got abandoned, um, okay. but there was something really strong in the idea, mm. and um, so at that stage, they had she had been had it around for a few years, but it just you know it, it's kind of one of the realities of sometimes with these projects that they right. they get so far, but they can't get over the line, and they need a sort of fresh perspective or a different take completely on it. So uh, there was definitely something really strong in the initial idea, and the uh, and. The Australian writer was kind of happy. She felt like she had taken it as far as she could go. So right. that's kind of how it landed on my to the desk. In a way. So you brought some sort of secret sauce to it, or secret sauce? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I you dolloped that my on, secret did you? Sauce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, heavy, you, you heavy, heavy amount of Mullingar mayonnaise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it was. Uh, I, I suppose I, I had a bit of an outsider perspective on it. There right. was, and I could. Was everybody else was Australian? Were, were they? Yeah, or was it just at this point? It was just the writer and director. It was just the writer and director, and they right, had okay. an Australian producer. Uh, but again, that all sort of had dissolved. Okay, and then it took Mac a bit of time to get the rights for it, I think, and then, uh, um, and uh, and because I suppose Kim had been friends with Hugo Weaving, had been uh, okay. Hugo had been in a, in a film for his before short, and he was kind of saying, "Listen, if you ever get, I'd be interested. You know, I'll always help out." So okay. there was that kind of carrot all the time that you could get someone like Hugo involved, who's you know, massive figure in, in Australian cinema. So, yeah. And he would, and if everywhere. you yeah, and yeah. So you could possibly get a, yeah, you could build on that. So I think there was, a, there was always this feeling of, of a character, the project that it was, it was, if you get the script right, it could go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of my, well, then it was just about looking at it in terms of, um, um, fulfilling it more as a mystery thriller and, uh, bringing more of a, I think there was a there was a good setup and a good good sort of situation with the, with a the family. It's a, you know the stories about these two kids who go missing and, and and the family and it was this dust storm and it was really evocative. But then it was about trying to look at it and how you can bring out more of a tension within that mystery thriller. How you build up the characters and make it work in that way. Yeah. How how do you how do you kind of balance that? It, it's it is kind of a family story in a way mm. a terrible family story but mm. a family story uh how do you kind of balance the the building tension by you're, you're kind of you have to kind of withhold information mm-hmm. and, and you said so therefore you have to the characters kind of withholding information um so how do you kind of balance building that tension but with also you know making the characters believable as well yeah it's, tr- it's tricky i think one it's finding ways to build believable characters and complex human beings is, is the hardest thing within film, I think, because it is, it's not like you have like long running TV series where you can build up over yeah. time or else. It's just, I think you have to go in at the right kind of point of attack, which is there's, there's backstory that's dramatic and interesting secrets 
and interesting reveals and there's tension within that family so they're already it's already to spill over yeah. i think it's that if you get, get it at the right moment yeah then it's already there and it's just about hold, withholding the information and drawing an audience in with those kind of dramatic questions of what's going on here what are they going to do all that sort of stuff that keeps you hooked in i think yeah yeah, yeah. so like at what point does the idea to start the film with the boy walking like arrive like uh, yeah i think that was it was it was basically this idea of um um giving a sense of uh an unease within this family and yeah. that's what we wanted to try and do try and create a sense of something was slightly wrong here yeah um and also it was interesting to start off with tom because tom is is the little boy is less the the problem child of the family yeah. so i think that was kind of it's almost like again a bit of a red herring to what's going to happen later so yeah, that, yeah that's that's how you want to do and also it's a way into the, into this world because i think what's What's really interesting about Strangerland is the the environment takes place and is quite exotic. It's that kind of outback town that mm. uh, it's right in the middle of the desert and it's got all that kind of associations of Australian film, like you know, yeah. walk about and you know, we shot in the same places, yeah. Silicon in the desert and all that. So it's quite evocative of Australia and I think the land and all that sort of stuff. You know, it's 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 another film that I put in the category of reasons not to go to Australia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, with, it's a bit hard. <laughs> Well, with the spiders and the, you know, yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. And like, just don't go for a walk. There's, there's, You're not coming back. <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole lot of nope going on. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. you go over there? Were you there? Yeah, for, yeah, we were there for about two months then and all. You were there for I'm, shooting. So I went over, we had three weeks rehearsals, which was right, okay. the amazing thing. I think that's really, really quite rare for film. Right. And it was something that Kim, the director, sort of insisted on. It was amazing for, you know, as a first time feature director, she was able to get that and Mac... Naomi, the producers, did a great job for that. So I, came, I flew over sort of the week before rehearsals and then sat in with all the... And it was just me, Kim, and the actors working really closely on the script, to, um, really interrogating everything. And I think that's a great help for me as of writing it from, you know, this, this, this structure and story and context and all that stuff, and you build characters, but getting that nuance of dialogue and stuff, yeah. actors will always bring something yeah. really exciting and new that you'll never kind of get. Just that flow... Um, and colloquialisms and weird curse words and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you know, that I'd be taken from freaking home and away or something. <laughs> so that was good. It's like they did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, Alf, Alf Ramsey, whatever. Yeah. So now you try and avoid that, but um, but that does that really sort of brings that sort of elevates it another another notch. And yeah, and it was just great. Then you work with these great actors and you see them working a close call, and it's an incredible experience. At, at what point does Nicole Kidman become attached to it? So Nicole. Um, I think it was a situation. So the, when I got the script, it was the the female character was more. It was an outsider kind of foreign character. Right. I think they were looking um, at Julia Pinoche and things like that. That's what they okay. were. But for me, the story is so in, integrally uh, an Australian story. It's so mm. the layers are about. I suppose at, at its deepest level, you know, it's it's a mystery thriller and it's working on that kind of level of what happened to these kids and. And there's a, an investigation, and you know it's all about the secrets and lies that are going on within the family and and within the community. But it's it's also about the nature of the anxiety of white settlers in this hostile landscape that mm. and the community that have been sort of persecuted beneath them, which is the you know, the indigenous Aboriginal community. So there's all that layering beneath it, and so for me it was all those characters. You know, she had to be Catherine, particularly had to be Australian. Yeah. So once that decision was made, then. 
Nicole was able to come on board. Yeah. Um, At what point do you know who you're writing for? Or does that make a difference to the... Surely it would make a huge difference to the way you actually write. In some ways, yeah, it does. I mean, it's rare. I mean, with this... um, yeah, I, I, Hugo was definitely always going to be cast, and then there was, uh, and then and was he always going to be that character? He was. It was. It, I think originally they were thinking about him for the for the father, for the father probably, yeah. and then Guy Pierce was originally then going to. Oh, she right. was going to be on come on board, and Guy, Guy was on board until um, just basically two months or a month before the shoot. He just had to drop out at the last minute. Okay. So um, that was. Um, so, but generally, no, you don't, you just, you're writing, you're trying to write a character and you might have in your mind yeah. who you'd ideally like. And this is such a rare experience of, you know, you, I suppose we all have those fantasy castings, mm. like fantasy yeah. football kind of thing, you know, where you, who would you like, who do you think? And then you hope you might get someday, you get these characters, but yeah. these actors, but um, it happened in this one, they were able to get all yeah, really amazing cast. A-list, A-list yeah. cast, you know? Um, and I think they were all really committed to doing it. I think mm. they, I think that's the beauty of, it's similar, with, I suppose, with Irish cinema, where you've got, English language, high level A list cast. If they find the script they that really speaks to them about their home country, they'll come back and do it, you know. And, yeah. And, and, and or fly halfway across the world in the case of Joseph Fiennes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it was great for. Yeah. Again, Joe was able to we were able to get him quite late on the process, and and uh, he yeah. slotted in great. Yeah, he's a great guy. Actually. He was good. Yeah. Yeah, and so Joe's. I live down in Baltimore, down in West Cork at the moment. He grew up in West Cork, so it was kind of oh, okay. that was an easy kind of way in for us. Yeah, to, right, okay. yeah, yeah. He's a really good guy, yeah. Really, really no airs of graces, you know. And they clearly, having a cast like that clearly brings a lot to a film. Um, how much did it, uh, was it kind of a relief for you? Because you know the way it's, you, you're starting the film from this point of tension. Mm. You're, you, you know there's a bit of a problem. You don't know really what it is. You know, the boy walks and there's a problem with the, do- the daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, how much was it, I suppose, a weight off you when you saw Nicole Kidman first on screen and she's like, just she's brilliant and straight away you can tell that something's not right and yeah. that she's not comfortable you know yeah well I think the thing with um, the, Nicole came on we had three weeks of rehearsal and then she came on for the last week because she was she'd run over on she was doing Werner Herzog movies before that oh, right. so that had gone a bit late so she, she came a bit later for us so but she had done a lot of work with Kim beforehand because she was on board for quite a long time now mm-hmm. at that stage about you know a good six nine months before that so okay. they had met and talked everything through and in rehearsals, she's just very, you know, it's just talk everything very paired back and she's really, really cool. And then on the first day of shoot, it was quite an intense scene of just after the dust storm and they're in that first interview in the, the police station. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing. You're just watching the, the monitor and just like, she is that person. She is yeah. Catherine. It's so incredible to see how someone is able to bring just inhabit a role so quickly and that's why these are great great actors that's why they're they they are at the top yeah because they have this just it's like thoroughbred horses or something you know they're just on yeah and you're just sucked into the screen it's in it's a really really sort of it's quite a surreal experience you know when you see yeah. someone who you you recognize you know their face you know that you know you, we feel we know these people even though we don't know them at all and then you you meet them and you're kind of like, okay great you're a normal human being and all the rest <laughs> yeah. and then you see them on screen again and you're like wow and you're watching the person in real life and then you're looking at the monitor and you watch it and <laughs> yeah. you're just going, that, it's just an incredible thing to watch. You know, they just have this real gift, you know. So f- f- being a writer, writing for someone like that or having someone like that taking your role must be just like... It's a bit surreal, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you know, I, I wrote, you know, I was working, I was living in Norman Quay in Dublin at the time and, you know, a little kind of garret up the top of a, an apartment and uh, 
you're writing these these lines and then you hear this person speak to them. It's a very strange experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I think she does is all great actors do is they, they're able to bring this internal world um, and you see into their turn really, really easily and you don't need to load on dialogue. You don't need to. It's all done with very... And that's the kind of cinema I love. It's kind of stuff I, I'd love to... You know, I, I aspire to write is pulling back, pulling back all the time. You know? Just subtlety and... Yeah. yeah it's, and it's difficult. Sometimes on a page it looks like nothing's happening but you have yeah. to trust that... You need the, the right actor or actress to do it. Yeah. It just can bring so much emotion, you know? Yeah. And are rewrites happening throughout rehearsal? Like this? Yeah, 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 constantly in terms of, yeah, the script is never finished in terms of you're constantly, I'm always open to that. And yeah. I'm not, you know, it's a fluid thing. You're constantly, you hope you're not making massive decisions on plot and structure at that yes. point. You're just hoping you're nuancing, mm. tightening up scenes, looking at, at that stage, you're also looking at what's, you know, you, have to, you know that your time and money are, are, you know, not in your favor. So you're going to have to cut as much as possible mm. to just get down to the meat and drink of everything. Um, so there's, you know, because in the end of the day, if nothing, if you if you know something's probably not going to make the, the cut anyways, don't even shoot it. Spend your time on yeah. something else. You know, so that's you are constantly. There was a process of yeah, we did. We're supposed to shoot thirty four days, and I think two weeks before we were told actually it's only thirty. So you have to rejig the schedule, right. and I'm like, don't us. How do you make? We can't shoot those four scenes. We can only shoot two. So how do you get the information? And uh, so it's okay. a lot of that goes on, you know, and that's just. And would it be quite, you know, you're in the middle of shooting and the decision is made, John, actually, we need an extra little bit of dialogue to explain this here. You've got half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Is it, is it that quick? There was, or? there was elements like that, or there was kind of like, um, you know, we can't do, we had this sort of big setup or the location didn't work out or, you know, there's a couple of times, obviously we're, we're trying to shoot it, uh, create a situation where you think there's a drought and it's heat and all that, but sometimes it was raining and you just can't. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to react basically um, and find new ways of yeah working with, with, with certain scenes and just, yeah, you just you just hope that you know the material well enough that something will come out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's called winging it. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that, that certainly happens. But that's just that's just the process. The, the yeah. writing never stops. The writing continues in the edit. You know, the, mm. you just have to oh, accept yeah. that as yeah. a writer that just then the, they you know they take it away and then they I suppose in the edit they can totally change as they, well yeah, they, you know, certain yeah. Things do always change and it's, it, that was a, a kind of interesting process for me because I've always kind of written and directed my own stuff and mm. I kind of trained as a director and I, I'd kind of always been through the whole process on my own work so you're controlling the material all the way through so you're doing that this is the first job I've ever done where I was the only writer and it's a it's very strange sort of weird to experience to Hand it over completely. You watch and, and you go, this is supposed to be a comedy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was total slapstick comedy. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> it was supposed to be this kind of Laurel and Hardy thing. Yeah. No, um, but yeah, you do have that that moment of going, wow, that's that. Oh, you see things totally different, and just. Mm. But that's that's the the world of being a screenwriter. I think you. Yeah. I suppose that's why it's always for me. You know, I'm was always this is a stepping stone for me to making my own work anyway it was always that was always my ambition to write and direct so myself, on this so. you were you were there with your your screenplay and that you were focused on th that that was your one job like you didn't have a say in other things or how things were working or well, yeah and this one was very much that was that was the case because you just yeah. knew i mean isn't it was in a it's a there's so many other um you know you've got big finance you've got producers mm. you've got australian um screen you've got all these things and for me, I was brought on to to do a, a screenwriting job, so that was that was the. Was that difficult for you though, as as a director? It's 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 certainly trickier. It's certainly you. I think if you're used to doing having that control, then mm. not having that control is. But it's I suppose it was it was part of the gig. I, I knew that 
when I signed up for this, I knew that um, it was going if it, if the film got made, it was a massive opportunity for me, and it would only do me good. So mm. I'm certainly not going to complain about those things. Yeah. You know, you just it go, got you onto the Heads of Podcast. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, this is, all my dreams have come true. You know? So you know, you just that, you're going to retire after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Done. I, I was told I was going to get a, some sort of award, a trophy or medal or something. Uh, else. You will get a cup. A mug. Get a headstuff <laughs> mug. But yeah, yeah. so that, that was, you, you accept certain things, you know, you go, okay, this is, this is, this is that kind of job, but that yeah. it's an amazing experience. You're getting such, you're getting such value out of it. And for, uh, you know, I'm, I'm only an upcoming director, so it's, you know, you're going to be watching, working with great actors and watching them. Mm. And you're going to learn so much. So it was, it was a joy to be involved in. Yeah, um, that's great actually to be able to, just to be a part of it in, in from an outside perspective as well looking and go oh, I like the way he does that or yeah, yeah, that person does that you know yeah and, and you know worked at you know PJ Dillon was cinematographer working I've known PJ for quite a while but again watching watching PJ work in a in a different way and, and the, yeah. this kind of thing was, was really interesting and so it's, you're always learning that's the thing yeah, you're always yeah. learning and, and the more you work with you know better people but the more experienced people and the more talented people the more you get from it you know um, you just pick up so much so, and it also instills in you that confidence that it's doable, that you can go, okay, they're not, you know, they're not doing anything different than I don't know myself already, yeah, yeah, you know, in terms yeah. of the, my own training as you've gone up and the stuff you've learned yourself as you're mm. just making stuff yourself. It's yeah. still the best way is just learning by doing, you know. And how on your, um, your, I think the, the last short you did was it? I Can't See You Anymore? Yeah. Um, so you directed that, but you didn't write it. Yeah, yeah. So, so completely, you kind of a flip. Totally. Yeah, it was an <laughs> it was an interesting. Flip. It was again something I'd never done before. Uh, I think like I'd made like Lowland Fell was my short before that. Mm. That was a short because that done quite well, and I sort of I was primed up for making a feature at that stage. And it was like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and then just mixture of the crash and film boards budgets got yeah. really kind of cut. Um, and maybe, and, you know, I did, probably didn't have the right project. So it just kind of, and you just want to keep, the worst thing uh, that happens, especially for Irish directors, is that there's not a lot of opportunity in terms of uh, continually making stuff. So you don't want to be going into making your first feature and you've got four weeks to do it or whatever yeah. amount of time. You're not going to have a lot of money. Yeah. So you're going to have not a lot of time. And then, uh, you know, you spend your first week just remembering how to do this again, you know. Yeah. So for me, it was just like, okay, I'll, I got this up. A, a friend came with a script and thought, you this might be your kind of thing you might like it so we went and, and, and i did it and again that's just keeping you that muscle ticking over so yeah um so hopefully that when like make my first feature maybe hopefully end of this year or early next year that you know you're not completely going what the hell do i do again you know what? <laughs> what's a clapperboard what do i you know <laughs> um so that's that's all part of it you know and so the in that film the the, the guy comes out of a coma and um mm. There's the Anton B- Babinski syndrome. syndrome. <laughs> um, I'm for me, it was something I never heard of. I don't know if that was the same for you. Um, not the, until yeah, not until the, you the started working come, on it. Um, so the, the the writer did the writer like want to write a film and then find the syndrome and put it in, or heard about the syndrome and then wrote a script around. He it? had heard about the syndrome. He had he had heard. I can't remember. How it was a radio thing. Tom had heard it. Um, and basically, he just thought this was a. It's a. It's a for a short. Shorts are kind of like that. They're very they're much. They're very different from features in terms of how a lot more focused. Yeah, I think I think a, a really good short is about one moment essentially, yeah. you know, or one thing and one and and it's I can't see you anymore. It was this really interesting, weird psychological syndrome hmm. about blindness, and then 
you take that metaphor of a character who literally is blind to the consequence of his own actions and you just yeah. okay that's that's there's something there that you can work on and there's this propulsion of a we were kind of going okay how, I wanted to make something that had, had a bit more just a, a kind of tense experience yeah um that was just weirdly psychological but also kind of you had you going what the hell is going on here and yeah. had all these visual possibilities to, to mess with your head a little bit so that was it just seemed like a really he kind of went i think you like this yeah this kind of in your frame of reference or whatever this is kind of yeah it's, um it's so, really interesting so that's how it kind of came out and it was just it just happened to be like um we were meeting about something else actually and you went oh i've got this idea and and there was signatures award was just kind of come up the next week so we literally put it together in a, in a yeah. week really quickly and it just all so that's i think that's what shorts kind of happen they kind of friends of mine or i've done myself you know you, it's either it comes in a dream or a flash of inspiration or something and it just goes that's it and it's yeah it's sort of almost fully formed as whereas a feature is just a lot more obviously you know variables and craft and 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 you need to know a lot more about structure and mm. that sort of stuff to make it work how hard, how hard is it to shoot something like that that's it's a very rare kind of syndrome. I mean, had you, did you manage to meet somebody who no, from no, 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 no. It's it it hard to know how to direct the actor. The actor was really what was that director's name? He was really good. Um, David. Sorry, putting you on the David. spot there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sure what David's David's surname is. Um, <clears throat> David's surname is. I'll have to come back to me on that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's really good. But how do you how do you like direct somebody to to act with you know that kind of blindness, but not knowing he's blind, kind of. Yeah, well, I think that's, it's just about for them, you know, you have to do the research with them and, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, you're not going to, you know, we didn't have a chance to meet anybody. Yeah. It's such so rare in, in Ireland, I think there's anyone who's had it in a long time. So, but you do, it's about just, um, I suppose, not, not telling the audience what they have, you know, or what, so yeah. they're just playing. It's an interesting one because, because their belief system is that they aren't blind. So they're not mm. playing blind. They're just playing normal. And then it's for you as a, as a director to create visual clues and hints that there's something kind of not right in this situation. So that's kind of where, where that one came from. So it was about using interesting visuals and yeah. playing with that. Uh, we did a lot of things with these things, split diopters and stuff, which are special lenses and stuff that you just mess around with the, oh, the okay. image and stuff like that. So it's that, that kind of stuff is fun. And, and what you see and what you don't see, how, you know, you you change change background elements slightly subtly as they go through, so they're yeah. constantly changing. But you're not even sort of you're hoping the audience it gets this off kilter feeling, but they're not really sure why. Yeah, so yeah. that that escalates through it. We should say spoiler alert for anyone who wants to watch this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit late for that. Uh, yeah. You can put it in, in the intro. Um, yeah. yeah, it was quite it was quite interesting because you do notice the like the little things changing. Um, like when he hits the wall is is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but. And then like, the wife is just wearing different clothes. And mm. it's kind of like, oh, that's weird. Mm. But then when the doctor is a completely different person, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's kind of really cool. Like. Yeah, and, it's, tr- and it's, it's just tricky, you know, for... It's just... You're trying to make something that's quite, I suppose, high-end in terms of visuals. But to do that in a short is just tricky because, again, it's just all that stuff is money. And mm. to do things like, you know, those... What are, you know, I would, like... I wanted to do everything in camera as yeah. well. I, I, I'm not a massive fan of... CGI stuff in terms of this because you really want to create I wanted to create this slight impression of fakeness anyway so but I want so we did all old school rear projection sort of stuff for the car and it was all kind of like Hitchcock did in Vertigo and so you know so I wanted to get that feeling of this guy was like a movie in his own head so that's the kind of it felt I wanted to create this kind of real movie world so all that sort of stuff you're kind of doing things that 
like Trump Loy trick the eye kind of stuff, you know, so it's like literally cardboard kind of cutouts. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, just all that so just do it all on camera. I like that that kind of traditional kind of yeah. approach anyway. So you're working on a new project now. Do you yeah. um think it's a good is a great time for Irish film it, the mean, Oscars it's, and it's it's it is great. There's no doubt about it. I mean it's 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 great for I think it's particularly Lenny and John Crowley Lenny has been such at the forefront now of, of yeah. he's sort of that bridging filmmaker between you know, say the old guard and, and newer filmmakers come up and I just I, such respect for him he's such a good guy and his um, his films are so you know he's, he's such a, an identity as a filmmaker and I think mm. John Crowley's a brilliant brilliant filmmaker as well and I think um, that's I think it's fantastic that we're getting that profile and mm. getting the international recognition there's just great actors there uh, you know and there is more talent out there. There's so much, there's a lot of really, really great filmmakers out here. And you just, what I hope is that, you know, this, this kind of puts a spotlight on the industry and that, so that, you know, the film board, when it has had its funding, it's doing this, but it's funding absolutely slashed. Yeah. You know, 50% over the last few years. So that, you know, if you, I suppose what I'd love to see more of is the investment in the indigenous talent, because it is there. Yeah. It's there in, in actors, it is there in writers, it's there in directors. There's, um, and maybe less of a focus on the let's have Ireland as a, you know, location. I think that's really important. Mm. And it's really important for crews and it's really important for all. But, you know, what, what I think people really want to see out of Ireland is our own filmmakers, their own talent, yeah, yeah, yeah. writers and directors and cinematographers all doing really well internationally. And that can only be good for everybody. So hopefully if that investment now gets gets put back in. Uh, yeah. I think it's it's fantastic. It's It's not since, you know, you know, early nineties that it's felt there's this kind of really kind of excitement about the industry. And I think the other major thing is, is getting, uh, that contract between the filmmakers and an Irish audience getting yeah. that back. Cause I think that might've been lost for a few years. There was yeah. a sense of, you know, the, you know, maybe there was a lot of really interesting films being made, but maybe that weren't hitting an Irish audience in the way they could have or should have. And, um, I think that's really exciting that maybe that Irish audience are kind of going like, all right, you know, there is. Yeah, I think it's really, really starting to shift now. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. um, would you like to work with Lenny, or are you ready ready now to do have your own feature? Well, for me, yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, it's it's all guns blazing for my own sort of stuff. Um, yeah. I've, I'm I'm working with a, a Danish director on a project I sort of already signed up for before this had come, and that's it's a kind of cool project set in Greenland in the turn of nineteenth century. We watched the sun. Watch us on this beer, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's 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 kind of cool. So hopefully that's going to go. I'm off to Greenland next week, so that's oh, going wow. cool. to be an exciting little weird trip. Um, Do you have a big jacket? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have. <laughs> I bought some little ski gear there. It was on, on sale. <laughs> that's, that's you were complaining about gonna, the wind outside there yeah. a few minutes ago. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like the cold. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Lenny. Um, what I don't think it's kind of like I don't think. Yeah, I mean, if Lenny would want to work with me as a writer, I don't know. I mean, um, it's that element or co-producing that that um, purchase on disappears. So, and I, I, Lenny's, I met him once when when this was, before this was coming out. Just asked him about a bit of advice about you know agents and all that sort of. And he's just such a good guy. He gives everyone his time. So yeah, I, I mean, I just I think what you want to do is have a network of support, and the filmmakers really kind of. I think the Ireland. The industry has always had that anyway. There is a kind of really good support network within it yeah. amongst filmmakers. We all try and help each other. So, but yeah, um, certainly like to have a success, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe. Um, you so have you always been in Ireland, like living in Ireland, or? Yeah. Well, I, I kind of 
I've where was it you went to where did you study I uh, studied in National Film Taffer School in London so oh, okay well I, I studied originally I did English and philosophy in Trinity right uh, actually I started off doing engineering for some strange reason I dropped out <laughs> and uh, ended up English philosophy then I did a master's in film UCD then I came out and started just trying to you know develop and trying to write shorts and you know with this idea of becoming a director and working whatever jobs you could find within the industry you know just assistant directing assistant production then I ended up working with McDara Keller's yeah his dad actually who ended up being the censor so that's how I got to know Mac and and then finally I got selected for yeah into the director's program the right. NFTS so I went over to London trained there um, came back here I was lucky enough to get a TG Har um, program called Blood and Ink Felix Duke straight away before I even graduated so I came back to do that and I ended up getting a few more shorts off the ground so it was sort of happening then between sort of 2007 8, 9 I kind of can, right. was making something um, and then yeah so I've been here basically just working on and then the writing started taking off a bit more and there's the weird thing about Ireland I suppose is that there's you do get to a stage where you've made a few shorts and there's there's not a lot of places to go then after that until you make your first feature it's it's kind of that that's the tricky period yeah. there's not a lot of tv being made no, you know other industries where you does a sort of natural step between being a student making your shorts then you might make some you know lower level tv and and, and the, it's quite hard here because there's so so little drama made and yeah, it yeah. tends to be single directors or there's a few the low level TV is so low. <laughs> is that well? Yeah, but like it is. It's it, it's just you know if you look at it in the last few years, you know what's love hate. It's one director. Yeah. You know it's, you're looking at you either do Fair City or you you kind of try and yeah. find it up from a different way of doing it. So the writing started taking off for me a bit. So that's right. How uh, do you find that process? The, the the writing process is it at all? It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's listen. Every time I wake up on a Monday morning and go. I don't have to go into an office or face a boss. I go, this is fantastic. Yeah. Then you go into the, the room and you're alone with the bloody white page. Facing a blank screen. Computer, really, you know? <laughs> Do you sit with, in a room in wherever you're living at the time and say, right, I have to write between 11 and 2? Um, you know? For me, it's more like it's, it's pro- I, when I'm on a project, when I'm, I'm just on it full time and I'll, just, yeah. I'll write every day depending on how I feel. Usually I'm kind of better in the mornings than the evenings. Mm. Um, and I'll just continue on that for however many weeks it takes to finish it. And then I'll, depending on what else I'm doing, I'll be developing other stuff. And, and I, I do work with other people a lot. So I, I co-write a lot because it's just so much more fun and it's just so much easier to bounce. So I, I, I work quite well out of bouncing ideas off people. I need that kind of yeah, dialogue yeah. Yeah. to kind of get my ideas in some ways or to clarify myself. And sometimes... Does that mean writing in different places? Do you always have to write in the same place? Or would you write and say, I'm going to go over to such and such a place and try and write a bit with, you know? It depends. It generally, it's just I need to be in my, I need to have my computer and, and, and a quiet room. I don't really need mm. anything else. And some place nearby that's got good coffee, really. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much it. I don't yeah. like working in, yeah, it's just, it's just quietness. And that's why, you know, moved down to Baltimore where it's, it's, it's very quiet this time of year. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's a fishing village of probably 150 people. So, All right. uh, nice. but it gets jammers in the summertime. So it's great. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, I think the, your process is very much just about what, what you're working on at that particular time and the needs that has. Mm. And, and, um, then I'm just, yeah, I'm pretty much totally preoccupied with that. So I'll work right. whatever hours of the day it needs yeah. until, until, um, I finish. I know lots of other people are, 
much more kind of nine to five. And right. but I think it depends. Like I don't have kids, so I think that that changes that. You know, because yeah. I think once you have those kind of responsibilities, mm. yeah. it changes things quite a lot. You know, uh, so I can have a little bit more of my own time. And, yeah. yeah, just interested in the process of it. Like yeah. you know, to kind of how um, how to actually get an idea from your head onto the page. Everyone seems to be yeah, it's so, it's so very, different. It's very, you know, it is very yeah. different. I think it's you know, it's just. Yeah, it's, it, a lot of it, to be honest, is I think with screenwriting particularly because it's not about it's not essentially linguistic and about linguistic flow and stream of consciousness flow. It's not about it's it's much more about you know obviously thinking visually and structure and it's quite there's a quite logical element to it. Yeah, and it's quite a, a and it's also quite a problem solving kind of thing. Sometimes it's just about going through options and options and options in your head, going what about this? What about this? What if this happened? What if this? to solve the kind of each kind of section of the script has a new obstacle kind of to get get over. Yeah. And, you, you know, that's things you're looking, you have a, hopefully you have a character, you know what they want and you're, you know what they're trying to achieve. And so then you're trying to just kind of work through those kind of elements. Mm. So that's, it's, it's a, so it's sometimes it is a case of just banging your head off wall enough times to <laughs> get through the, get through the wall. <laughs> so do you it's, plot, do you plot first and then fill in? Generally I'm very much yeah planner. I plan treatments yeah. quite, quite detailed but and I think you have to have a sense of you have a very clear sense of what the identity of the film is right um you know genre all that sort of stuff but there's almost like a feel to it so I plan it but in the same sense then it it, it, things will always change in the writing and you'll explore more it's just about scraping off the layers then and getting deeper and deeper into material into the characters and they start coming out more but generally speaking I've quite Depends on what kind of st- what it is, but most of my stuff has quite a strong, I'd say, strong story basis, mm. so that you need to have that figured out where the direction is, where it's ending, yeah, how yeah. it's ending, all that stuff before you start writing, because it's just it's just not going to work that way otherwise. But you want to keep yourself open to change as well. I don't think yeah. I, I wouldn't be so you know schematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like jazz. <laughs> 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 and on uh, we watched the sun disappear. Yeah, did you write that? So yeah, I wrote that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so that's, yeah and you're directing. No, that's so it's, it's a it's Danish a director called oh, Danish Armby. So I got approached. They really liked Strange and Script. They had this. They'd heard it's it's very. They had an idea about a. The producer had an idea about a a. a it's based on a true story about this these Danish explorers. Two of them had ended up getting lost out in Greenland in 1908 and um, having spent the whole so arctic winter polar night four months of night together now they spent three years together lost out in the arctic and they survived so that was their they had that basic they wanted to do something in this so they came to me and then so we've i've gone quite far away from that but so it's more about these yeah it's it's a psychological thriller about these two um an arctic explorer in his doorway who go on a rescue mission and the rescue mission goes awry and they end up spending just the one winter together in a, in a kind of trying to survive this winter but also going slightly mad together and um okay so it's quite psychological quite yeah, dark yeah, yeah. has an element of you can see people I, I haven't actually got to see the revenant yet but i see looking at the trailer there's an element of that kind of it's it's about what you what you you know there's a there's an element of what you your biggest fear is what is out there yeah. when you're surrounded by darkness uh-huh. um and what also your the fellow you're relying on is capable of so it's a quite an intense sort of psychological Liam, Neeson, Liam Neeson versus wolves 
Liam Neeson versus Wolves. <laughs> I never actually yeah. saw that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad movie, actually. The Grey, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's, I heard it's, it was the better of his latest efforts. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, I'm not going to knock Liam Neeson. He's the ledge. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> weirdest, just, weirdest, just made the same weirdest film action about. hero. In the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange, but um, yeah. So that's that. And then after that, you want to try to feature. A, I've got a, my own feature called No, no More Shall We Part, which is sorry, kind of, what's it called? No More Shall We Part. Oh. So it's kind of it's a Nick Cave, um, stolen Nick Cave lyric. Um, it's about a a kind of wealthy to do uh, businesswoman who's grieving over her son. Uh, who gets a kind of she gets exploited by a, a young couple and it's about their sort of twisted revenge she takes on this young couple so it's kind of her and her husband and this young couple is sort of intergenerational conflict mm-hmm. bit of a weird Oedipal vertigo drama oh, right. so it's kind of yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's that's that's that and then I've got a 1916 movie that's finished that we're that I co wrote with a guy called Jamie Hannigan. Oh yeah. Who wrote Pilgrimage that's coming out soon. I saw that on your um on your list of stuff. So it's yeah. out this it's out this year? No, it's we're still we're hoping to get a shot. It's just it's quite expensive. <gasps> oh, and it's, okay. But it's great. It's it's a it's a it's a frustrating one because it's everyone who reads it goes, This is an amazing script. It's re- it's a really it's a really good, interesting way of well, it's hard for me to say, but I I suppose I would put it it's like we we look it's a bit like Chinatown meets like a, an old film noir yeah. made by Peckinpah set against the Easter Rising. Okay. So it's kind of, it's quite pulpy. It's like, Raymond Chandler. It's like a Raymond Chandler movie, like okay. labyrinthine plot, but made by, Pe- it's, re- it's called Come On They We Kill Them All. It's really kind of pulpy and fun. And cool. Oh, so sounds great. Everyone who reads it goes, I'd love to see this made. It's amazing, but it's just, it's going to cost about 25 million or something. And, oh, okay. and so it just, do we use 25 million line rent? Um, we'll get back to you on that. Please do. Because <laughs> it does um, sound great. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it, it's, it's a cool movie. So, yeah, hopefully. We're hoping uh, this in the next few months we're going we're gonna to see some, some real kind of uh, movement on that. Um, cool. So that's that. Yeah, so they're the three main projects at the moment that are great. taking over. So hopefully Lovely. we'll see some of those in the next well, we'll keep, 12 uh, months to 18 months. We'll keep an eye on you. Please in, do. In, uh, in the website. <laughs> please, please not. We'll keep writing about everything. Yeah, yeah. don't don't arrive at my door anytime soon. Though. Come on. <laughs> Unless you bring that mug. I want a mug. Yes, mug? mug's yours. Okay, great. Anyway, it's been great talking to you. Thank yeah. you very much. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks very much. Cheers. So that was episode 31 of the Headstuff podcast with Michael Kinarns. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. I'm still here on the phone with Connor. Hello, Alan. Hello. We're in different parts of the world. <laughs> Well, we're, we're about half an hour away from each other, but... Uh, yeah, but we just couldn't make it work, could we? We couldn't. Uh, so um, that was Michael Canarns. Uh, had a great time talking to him. Um, Maybe if your office so, was nicer, I'd make an effort to go up. Well, um, I'm not in your office either, Hunter, so... And this sounds awful. It sounds like I'm actually genuinely not making an effort to go up there and record this, but it, it's almost yeah, no, more Connor's of an effort to do busy. this. Yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah, we've spent more than an hour trying to organise this, which would have been the trip up and the trip back. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, Connor's been very busy. He's been working on a load of shows, I'll leave me alone. and and um, and and he doesn't love me anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just but, think to make uh, things work, you need to spend time apart. It's like yeah, the okay. it's not you, it's me type of thing. 
Yeah, that's what you. That's what you keep telling me. You and all my ex-girlfriends keep yeah. telling me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, if you enjoyed that, then subscribe to us if you don't already, and uh, rate us on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever it is. Um, you can go to headstuff.org uh, forward slash podcasts, and you'll see all the buttons to subscribe and listen to all our other ones. Um, you can also join the Headstuff Podcast Network group on Facebook by just typing that into Facebook and uh, just click join. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, so thanks to Connor for doing the sound no and problem. for uh, seeing if this phone call thing works. <laughs> it might or it might not. There might be. Yeah. <laughs> this might turn into a very short intro and outro. Yeah. Hello, goodbye. Well, <laughs> listen to this, bye. Um, thanks to uh, Video Blue for the theme tune and Mikey for the artwork. Um, thanks to Glenn Hogarty for setting up the interview for us. And. Uh, to Michael Canarns for for being part of it. Um, go and see Strangerland if you haven't seen it yet. And that's probably enough for this week. What do you think? I, yeah, maybe. think so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, oh, there's a new episode of Fascinated podcast up as well, which is brilliant. So listen to that. And um, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.